welcome everybody to the Mayor Greg Fisher Podcast. We're wrapping up another great year for our city, and today I'm with Graham Shelby from my communications team, and we'll be talking about some of the highlights of 2019 and looking ahead to 2020. Well, glad to be back with you, Mayor. Thank you, Mayor. Um, so as we wrap up the year and the decade, um, let's talk about your big picture view of how Louisville's doing right now. Yeah, big picture is economically the city is booming. Uh, so the big challenge, of course, is making sure everybody feels like they're part of this economic expansion that's taking place. But we've got a lot of uh, momentum. We're continuing to work on making sure uh, our equity projects are increasing in the city. Our compassion is moving forward. And for me, that means that everybody's full human potential is flourishing. So there's a lot of work always to do in that area. But I think that's a dedication that a good city needs to have in terms of cultural values. And then we continue to make uh, progress on lifelong learning, which also leads to entrepreneurship, a lot of really interesting new partnerships that we've made with the city. Um, so a lot, in general, a lot of good things going on. So one of the ways that people measure the progress of the city, obviously, is, is the economy. Uh, talk about some of the highlights in the economy for 2019. Uh, we continue to grow. Uh, 83,000 new jobs uh, since 2011 when we started here in, uh, with this administration. 3,000 new businesses. When you think about the capital construction that's taken place in the city in these last several years, it's now north of $14 billion. Uh, nearly a billion dollars of that is happening in West Louisville including the new Republic Bank Foundation YMCA that just opened up this week at 18th and Broadway. So it's the ninth consecutive year of job growth. Uh, it's been led by a strong manufacturing background, growth in our tech space, growth in our healthcare space as well. Uh, some really nice partnerships, particularly around the future of work, where Microsoft selected us as one of their four cities, I believe it was, as a regional center for artificial intelligence and data science. So why that's important is because it's positioning us to be strong in the future. So it's one thing to meet the job requirements and job skills of today, but we've always got to be thinking about what's coming next. So Actually, Mayor, let's, could you, if you don't mind, talk about that in a little more depth. I think that's something maybe people could stand to have a little more uh, understanding of what the Microsoft partnership is all about and, and in that future. Yeah, so I mean the big picture is, you know, how do we make sure that we have the workforce that we need today for our companies that are here and that we have economic development clusters that we compete against other cities in. So we got to make sure we're the best today. But for me, one of the things I always want to think about is where is the world going and how can we position ourselves more for the future so that attracts further talent, helps our companies grow here, attracts companies to come to the city. So there's no question that technology is a rapidly growing area. It has been for the last decade. So the question is, what's next? Uh, we see a lot of movement toward artificial intelligence, machine learning, uh, data science, Internet of Things. So the more we can expand skills in those areas, the better off we're positioned to innovate locally, expand local businesses, and then attract businesses to come to our city. So. It's a play that we're making to grow more rapidly and attract and develop more talent locally here and to have a you know, global Fortune 50 company like Microsoft that we're partnering with is really helpful. Then, of course, the University of Louisville is working with IBM. We put all this together in something we call Lou Tech Works, which is an initiative to quintuple the amount of people that are receiving technology training every year. I think it can fundamentally reposition who we are as a city uh, that will lead to good jobs for everybody. Also part of that, and we've received a couple grants, one notably from J.P. Morgan Chase, to intentionally 
upscale folks that are currently in non-family supporting wage environments, low income folks. So training them in technology from one of three different areas so they can enter the baseline technology worker or go all the way up to coding and, and beyond to make certainly a middle class wage. So we want to make sure that everybody is along for the ride and we appreciate all the support we're getting from various foundations to make sure that our low income communities are getting training and repositioning themselves uh, for a better future. So the basic idea is to use the Microsoft partnership Blue Tech Works to help new and established companies take better advantage of technology and to help more workers develop the skills they need to do the jobs. Yeah, and lead to more innovation. So that more entrepreneurship, more startups, and it also sends a message to the rest of the uh, country because we're already seen as kind of this next breakout city, if you will, that's like, oh, here's another interesting forward-looking thing going on in the city of Louisville. Uh, another big driver for our economy is tourism. Talk about some of the some of the changes and developments there. Well, of course, bourbonism continues to really roll. So that's bourbon and local food uh, tourism. We've added a bunch of new uh, amenities and experiences to the city in that area. And I think we still are just at the very beginning stages of bourbonism. So it's the first time we've had a 365-day-a-year hospitality and tourism experience for the city. So people see the tourists now. Uh, so that's a very positive thing and something that we do well with hospitality. I really appreciate that we officially have a new airport name, Louisville Muhammad Ali International Airport, sends a strong message to the world and we're very proud of course to be the home of the greatest of all time, Muhammad Ali. When you think about another big adder to tourism, of course it's airlifts. By that I mean direct flights from the airport to other cities. So. The direct flight from Louisville to Los Angeles is beating expectations, so we're happy about that. Uh, the Kentucky International Convention Center reopened downtown in its renovated uh, position, which is beautiful, and that's really going to pull even more business into the center of downtown. Our festival activity, you know, we're the festival city of North America. The amount of festivals now that we've got concentrated in September, particularly around the Trifesta, which are the Danny Wimmer presents with the country hometown rising and bourbon and beyond and louder than life almost pulled a quarter million different people into the concerts this past September that's going to continue to grow so that's all part of this placemaking strategy that we have to show folks here and signal to the country that Louisville is a you know young forward future forward-facing city that's on the move and we want that because we want those folks to move here uh, last year, you recall, we were a top 15 city in the country for millennial growth. So for years, we had a problem with brain drain. That's not a problem anymore. So it's important that we keep doing the right things to attract people to our city. So I know you interact with a lot of folks as they're visiting the city and as you travel, you talk to people who've been to Louisville. What are the things that you hear people say about Louisville now? How is Louisville's reputation growing or evolving uh, you know, from the perspective of the people you talk with? Number one thing people refer to is the authenticity of our city. So while we're living here, maybe we don't appreciate it that much, but just kind of the unique experiences that they can have here. That could be bourbonism, it could be our parks, could be the river, Louisville Slugger, Muhammad Ali Center, Churchill Downs. But then it's quickly backed up by the people are friendly. You know, so friendly people is a competitive advantage in people like that. And then of course the bourbonism uh, bourbon and local food tourism thing is something that sticks out as well. So bottom line is people, when they come to our city, it's not like going to any place USA. They feel like they leave here uh, with an enhanced view of what our city is. 
everybody that I talk to says, I want to come back, or I'm going to brag about your city. And that's why I'm just very bullish on tourism and very bullish on people experiencing what we have to offer, which I think is going to lead to good things for our city. So one of the things that's going to happen next year is that you're going to, you are going to assume the, uh, the title of President of the U.S. Conference of Mayors in 2020. Talk about what that means, what that means for you and what that means for Louisville. Well, most importantly, it's, you know, what does it mean for our city? Uh, Louisville is on the national stage right now, but it will put us even more prominently on the national stage. So, in effect, I'm representing all of the mayors of America next year, uh, starting in June. So, one, it's a great honor, and I appreciate that. But I say, how can I use that then to help our city? When you have more prominence as a city, people are attracted, one, to come to the city. Uh, foundations that are looking for interesting cities to work in will be more attracted to us. We've already made a lot of good progress with national philanthropy by various grants that we receive. But this opens even more doors for us as well. Then obviously the presidential election is going to be taking place next year, so I'll be right in the middle of that and making sure that the city agenda, Metropolitan America's agenda, is front and center in this presidential debate. About 87 percent, 88 percent of the people live in metropolitan areas, but 96 percent of, of the GDP growth of the country comes from metropolitan areas. So it's a dynamic time uh, for cities. And so I'll be right in the middle of that, leading that conversation next year. And one of the things that you talk about in you know, interviews and speeches locally and nationally is, uh, is compassion as one of your values and one of the priorities that uh, has been part of your administration from the beginning. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit about you know, the compassion efforts, where they stand in Louisville and the growth of, of Give a Day and, and some of the new initiatives related to that. Yeah. yeah, all the work we've done around compassion has been not just interesting, but it's really benefiting us as a city. Some of the global identity work that we're doing with uh, Brookings, when they've surveyed the world and when people think about Louisville now, it turns out compassion is one of the top things that comes out. And I think cities and people are fascinated by a city that is trying to put this human value at the center of what they do. And compassion to me means everybody's human potential is flourishing. Uh, we're lifting each other up. We're living in a time that has, you know, a lot more hate speech than before, a lot more speeches of division. But people want to live in a unified way, and they want our differences to be the benefit of what we have together. And that's what compassion is all about. So, one, it's helping the brand of the city. Two, it helps the people in the city when people know that we're in this together. And that's either through our interfaith work, through the service work that we do, through the Compassionate Schools Project, what UofL is doing with their medical school. It just goes on and on. So I'm really proud of our city on how we've just brought this value to life. It was always here. We've just accentuated it in my administration. And I think it says a lot about who we are. Um, talk a little bit about uh, things like Compassionate Louisville and uh, the Synergy Project. Yeah, so nobody disagrees with compassion as a, a value, right? So the question is, how do you bring it to life? So one of the ways that we've done that, and there are numerous, is through a project called Lean Into Louisville. And Lean Into Louisville are intentional discussions and activities that we have in the city to make sure people are being informed about any type of discrimination, whether it be racial discrimination, country of origin, sexual orientation. Uh, what we see and what I believe is when people get more knowledge, they then drop any type of discrimination they have because that's really the root of most discrimination is the lack of exposure, the lack of education. 
One area that we're augmenting Lean Into Louisville with is something called the Synergy Project, and that has to do with police and community relations. And when you think about our country, sometimes in our city, uh, there can be tension between our, the police and the communities that they're trying to keep safe. So there's a, oftentimes a breakdown of communication or understanding what each other do. And for policing, if the community does not see the policing efforts as legitimate, then it's, we don't have legitimacy with police-community relations. So nobody disagrees with the function or the intent of policing. It's how is it done. And I'm, I'm proud of LMPD that they're, they are right in the middle of these conversations saying we need to understand better uh, what the community's expectations are of us, how we can most effectively police. And I'm proud of our community that's saying we recognize that the police have a very difficult job, but let us give you some input on how we think you could do it better. So it's really a co-production of public safety. What I want is I want for grandma to be able to sit on her front porch anywhere in the city and say, I live in a peaceful neighborhood. And everybody agrees on that. So how do we get there together? Right. Well, on the subject of policing, you know, public safety, as you've said many times, is the number one responsibility of city government. So talk about the status of public safety in the city right now. Uh, mixed. Uh, overall crime is down 1.5% uh, this year. However, uh, violent crime is up about 11.5%. So after two years of reduction in violent crime, we're seeing a slight uptick around this. Uh, most of it has to do with uh, narcotics, illegal narcotics, and then just basically people's inability to resolve disputes amongst themselves without going to violence. And of course, guns are all over the street of America right now. We're 400 million guns in our, in our country, and this is a serious issue that uh, leaders in Washington are not taking seriously. I don't think they're addressing it properly. And in Frankfurt, we've got a problem with that as well. So most all of this activity and gun violence has taken place, not exclusively, but a lot in, in the cities of America. So you put all that together and it's a problem. And there's also a disturbing trend this year that we're seeing where more young people, and by young I mean in both the categories of under 18 years old and under 25 years old, we've seen a significant increase in them either being homicide victims or homicide suspects. So this really speaks to the need for adults to make sure that the people, the young folks that they're responsible for, that they are having you know, adequate conversation with them to understand what kind of path they're going down in life. If they have guns in the house, those guns need to be taken away or put up. And I realize this is all difficult, but when you don't deal with these issues, what you end up with is your young son is dead on the street. You know, so it's a very difficult uh, situation. We have uh, lots of resources that we're putting at this, including our federal task force and other initiatives that are place-based here. Uh, but I'm not going to be happy until you know, we get this number way down. I want it to be zero, uh, but this isn't just a policing effort, obviously. This is a entire community involvement that's needed to make progress in this area. When I, when I ask myself, are we making the right investments to make sure we have a more peaceful city, uh, we, can, can, we need to have more resources. Now, we can get them either through funds that we have or grants that we can win. So this was the first year that we started rolling out the grant that we received to put in place a network of trauma-informed health care in our community. 
when we see the roots of a lot of our violent crime, at that root is trauma. And oftentimes, multi-generational trauma that leads to some type of explosive act that can frequently be violent. So I'm hopeful that as we have more resources for people to go to to receive basically mental health care around trauma or adverse childhood experiences, uh, these are real things that manifest themselves usually in some type of dysfunction that can take place and that can be some type of violent crime. So that's an example of how we compete for national funding to the, for the benefit of our city. Now the other part of it is do we have adequate city funds to do this? And of course last year or this year was a significant year for budget cuts driven by the increased pension obligations that came out of the Kentucky retirement system. So people in the city are well aware that we've had to cut uh, our, our libraries, our, our police force, uh, part of a fire station, you know, the list goes on and on. So normally we want to invest in these areas where we have more difficulty, let's say like public safety. So whether it be the reduction that took place in the Office for Safe and Healthy Neighborhoods or our police department, I hope to be working with the Metro Council this budget cycle through to put some more resources back into these areas, particularly with our youth, so that we're addressing that troubling trend that I spoke to you about, about more youth involved in violent crime, more people having an inability to deal with basic disputes other than going to a gun to do that. So I think those are obligations we have to take as a city, and I'm hopeful we can do that in our next budget cycle. And it's not just the city, too. This is one thing when people say, you know, we've got a problem, what's the city going to do about it? You know, well, the question is, okay, what do you mean by the city? Does that mean city government? Does that mean anchor institutions like our large corporations or universities or hospitals? Uh, what I see in other cities is, you know, there's a lot of co-ownership of these issues. Uh, and we have that certainly in our city in, in several areas, and I think we need to have it in, in more areas. We're almost out of time. What are some of the things you're looking forward to the most in 2020? Well, when you think about the challenges that the budget has brought upon us, I'm very proud of the way our city continues to move forward. So we'll have a lot of uh, progress next year, a lot of excitement about the opening of the new soccer stadium in April. Uh, Beecher Terrace uh, will be you know, starting to see some people move in next year in terms of uh, mixed income, mixed use community. Uh, the track and field facility in West Louisville uh, will begin and it's underway. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, so we've got the new Y at 18th and Broadway. So you're going to see that kind of those catalytic investments taking place in West Louisville uh, keep continue to go forward. Urbanism is going to continue to uh, increase in, with tourism. Our tech development that we're having is going to continue to flourish. Our partnership with JCPS around the academies of Louisville and tying that in to all of our, our workforce needs, that's going to continue to go well. All the construction that's taking place in the city, of course, helps our building trades. Uh, we're going to continue to push forward with affordable housing. Uh, so there's a lot of good things taking place uh, in our city. So we just need to stay the course, keep improving, keep innovating, uh, and we're an attractive city right now. So the renaissance will continue, I hope, in 2020. We'll have a presidential election year. We'll see how that's going to potentially change the direction of our country. So I guess in closing off, I would just ask people, you know, a couple things. One, get involved. 
Right? It's never been more important. And if anything you're passionate about, please have your voice heard. And then please raise your hand and say, I'll help. And the second is just let's continue to lift each other up. Let's make sure that we vote when we have the opportunities uh, to do that next year. And then let's just take a little time here at the end of the year to not just the end of the year, but particularly during these holiday seasons to be thankful for each other. So I'd just like to say happy holidays and a Merry Christmas season to everybody. I appreciate the opportunity to serve as your mayor. Well, thank you very much, Ms. Mayor. Uh, and happy holidays to you too. Well, I appreciate that and looking forward to a great 2020. Thank you, Grant.